Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorne and Robbie as your dungeon-occupying story weavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions, ideas, and sometimes interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. So today we're going to work on uh, talking about bards in the uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything guide. There's, there's two classes uh, plus some additional class features. And so we'll run through uh, some of that and then we'll get uh, Thorns and my uh, closing thoughts. Robbie's not with us today. Uh, he had a business meeting to go to and so he's taking care of some stuff. Uh, the first thing that we see in Tasha's, which is uh, page 27 uh, for the Bard class, uh, we see our optional class features. You only There's only three really um bard class features that are optional here um the first one is of course additional bard spells uh which is nice at first level uh you can choose uh just it's an expanded spell list um and so i'll run through it really fast at first level spells there's color spray and command second level spells aid enlarge slash reduce and mirror image third level Intellect Fortress, which is from Xanathar's Guide, uh, Mass Healing Word, and Slow. Fourth level, Phantasmal Killer. Fifth level, uh, Rary's Telepathic Bond, which is a ritual spell. Sixth level, Hero's Feast. Seventh level, Dreams of the Blue Veil, another Xanathar's spell. Uh, Prismatic Spray. Eighth level, uh, Antipathy and Sympathy. And ninth level, Prismatic Wall. Those are our expended spell lists. Um, and then at second level, we get magical inspiration. If a creature has a bar- bardic inspiration die from you and casts a spell that restores hit points or deals damage, the creature can roll that die and choose a target uh, affected by the spell. Add the number rolled as a bonus to the hit points regained or the damage dealt. So the bardic inspiration die is then lost. I like that. I don't know about you, Thorn. Definitely. It it is a good, I like it too. I really do. It's a good little, you know, throw off. It it also helps, I think, with more of rounding out some of the early, early level things Mm -hmm. to help you along and give you a little bit of boost because it doesn't always let you do that that, at that lower level. Is it a D4? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I do believe so. I, I do believe it is a D4. And at fourth level, you get, you can choose bardic versatility. Again, this has to do with bards being the support class, and it lets them do some extra stuff. <laughs> Whenever you reach a level in this class that grants the ability score improvement feature, you could do one of the following, following, representing a change in focus as you use your skills in magic. You can either replace, replace one of your skills you choose for the expertise feature, one of my personal favorites, with one of your other skill proficiencies that isn't benefiting from expertise. Not a bad thing. Yeah. Or you can replace one cantrip you learn from this class's spellcasting feature with another cantrip from the Bard spell list. Not a bad thing either. No, I think, you know, especially if you, you pick spells because, you know, they're, they're cantrips and they sound cool. And then maybe you just happen to not be playing uh, where prestidigitation is a very important spell to have or you've only used it once and you might want to change it to the light cantrip or something like that. Um, it could, it's definitely, I, I like that option 
more than the the expertise, even though expertise is is kind of huge because it's just it just makes it sure makes it makes sure to uh, let me have a cantrip that I know for sure I'm going to use all the live long day. Well, to be honest, both of them make complete sense too, because, you know, when you start making that character and you get the expertise feature and you have the skill proficient that sounds really awesome, like animal handling, <laughs> and then you figure out you're never going to ride a horse. Yeah. You only ride in carts. Or suddenly there's no animals and you're just <laughs> useless. And, and you, you choose that, that awesome spell cantrip of prestidigitation and never, ever use it. Even though it's an amazing thing and you could do some really cool things with it, if you're playing the wrong kind of character, it's just never going to come up. Yeah. And this gives you the ability every time you hit a, a spell or a, an ability le- score improvement feature, it lets you do this. Yeah. One or the other. And you still get your ability score improvement. So, hey, it's a win win. Exactly. And then, of course, at third level, we get to our bard colleges, which you guys talked about. Uh, from the player's handbook in the last episode. Uh, but there's two new-ish uh, colleges in Natasha's guide, uh, and they are College of Creation and College of Eloquence. Um, College of Creation, uh, the little flavor text is one bard's song of creation is the score to another person's nightmares. Um, I love Tasha. I, yeah. has <laughs> the best little one-liners in here. If you, I mean, uh, yeah. If you get a chance to actually read through Tasha's, all those little one-liners are worth it. They just—they're hilarious. Yeah, and I, I do like that. Is one one thing that I've always liked about all of the uh, the resource guides is that Wizards tries to make it like you're reading somebody's field notes. You know, this is this happens to be Tasha's you know guide to everything, and you're reading Tasha's notes in here. You know, and you get to to see little things, and uh, in Fizzbands, you get to read a little bit of from Fizzban and Xanathar, same thing. So it's it's really nice to get these one liners, um, and then get you know after the one liner, there's a little bit of a description uh, or example of a College of Creation bard. So I'll go ahead and read just the first paragraph here. Uh, bards believe the cosmos is a work of art the creation of the first dragons and gods that creative work included harmonies that continue to resound through existence today, a power known as the song of creation. The bards of the college of creation draw on that primeval song through dance, music, and poetry. And their teachers share this lesson before the sun and the moon, there was the song and its music awoke the first dawn. Its melodies so delighted the stones and trees that some of them gained a voice of their own, and now they sing too. Learn the song, students, and you too can teach the mountains to sing and dance. Like, that's just badass. I mean, <laughs> it's a really cool detail. I agree. It, 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 the little stories, the little uh, like short stories they tell for all these different kind of characters that you can create from these things. Mm-hmm. It's, somebody thought long and hard about this stuff. Oh, yeah, this took a little bit. (laughs) Um, So at third level, we actually get uh, two features. Uh, The first one is Moat of Potential. Whenever you give a creature a bardic inspiration, you can utter a note from the Song of Creation to create a tiny Moat of Potential, which orbits within five feet of said creature. 
The moat is intangible and invulnerable, and it lasts until the bardic die is lost. The moat looks like a musical note, a star, a flower, or another symbol uh, of art or life that you choose. And what it gives you is you have uh, additional effects based on whether the die is used for an ability check, an attack roll, or a saving throw. If it's used on an ability check, um, the creature can roll the inspiration die again uh, and choose which roll to use. So you get to roll it once. I don't like that I rolled a one. I'm going to go ahead and roll it again and see if you can get a little bit higher. Um, and then once you use it, of course, the, mo uh, the moat pops and emit emits colorful, harmful, harmless sparks for a moment, and then it dissipates because the inspiration die is gone. Um, for the attack roll, uh, it says immediately after the creature rolls the, the, the die to add it to an attack roll against the target, the moat thunderously shatters. The target and each creature of your choice that you can see within five feet must succeed on a con save uh, against your spell save DC or take thunder damage. So you just, you gave thunder wave to somebody <laughs> with this die. Basically, and for the saving throw, Immediately after the creature rolls a bardic inspiration die and adds it to the saving throw, the moat vanishes with the soft sound of music, causing the creature to gain temporary hit points equal to the number rolled on the bardic inspiration die plus your charisma modifier. Which, if you're down, that's um, that's a lot. That could be the, the, the it could be life or death right there. Yeah, and as a point of uh, notice, a lot of people don't re remember or realize that a death saving throw is still a saving throw if you are are hurting and you're on your last death saving throw you can use that bardic inspiration that was given to you earlier in combat and then use this moat and you get a little extra oomph to make sure you don't die just you know no big deal or anything but <laughs> that is definitely a positive yeah okay at third level also you get the performance of creation as an action, you can channel the magic of the Song of Creation to create one non-magical item of your choice in an unoccupied space within 10 feet of you. The item must appear on a surface or in a liquid that can support it. Wow. The GP value of the item can't be more than 20 times your bard level. The, and the item must be medium or smaller. The item glimmers softly and a creature can faintly hear music when touching it. The created, created item disappears after a number of hours equal to your proficiency bonus. For example, of items you create, I mean, you just look at the equipment the equipment uh, chapter in the player's handbook. There's a bunch of items in there. Once you create an item with this feature, you can't do so again until finishing a long rest unless you expend a spell slot of second level or higher to use this feature again. That's cool. You can, only, you can have only one item created by this feature at a time. If you use this action and already have an item from this feature, the first one immediately vanishes. The size of the item you can create with this feature increases by one size category when you reach 6th level, large, and 14th level, huge. So, I mean, your, your reaction says it all. Like, when you read, the GP value of the item can't be more than 20 times your bard level. Wow. Like, that's, I mean, what else can you say? <laughs> like, this has a lot of uses. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, is just a lot of role play. Um, and you can, I mean, obviously, you can create something as it, I would say it like if you're talking to a, a mayor or a king or something and you're trying to 
uh, impress them and you just create something out of nothing and just, here you go. Like, here's a thing that I made in front of you. Like it could help with uh, politics and such things. But, you know, at 14th level, if you, you can get a, a huge item, I'm thinking, you know, okay, I could, it's within 10 feet of me. I can smush something. I, I can, I can Hulk oh, smash. Easily. Because <laughs> 10 feet, 10 feet of, within the space, 10 feet of you, it, you know, yes, it has to be on a, a solid or a liquid that can support the thing, but it doesn't have to support it for long. It could be on a broken balcony that might break, you know, once you put the heavy object on the balcony, it breaks. Oh, I can see a, a very boisterous bard walking into room and just creating a throne for him to sit in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's all kinds of RP. Yeah, the RP is amazing in this. Yeah. So, yeah, that 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 could be a very, very fun little. I mean, feature. what kind of what kind of power move like what kind of. Big dick energy move is it to just walk into a room like you said and just oh I want a chair boom thrown and then just sit in it Kirk style like what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, nobody's gonna be. They're gonna be like okay, and you are yeah, and that's where the fun starts. Um, so after that, after we've played around with with level three stuff that could be hilariously fun, uh, we do get animating performance at sixth level which just ups the ante um, a lot. But as an action, you can target a large or smaller non-magical item you can see within 30 feet of you and animate it. The animated item uses the dancing item stat block, which you can see on page 29 of Tasha's guide. Um, the animated item uh, uses your proficiency bonus uh, for, that, uh, for that stat block. Uh, the item is friendly to you and your companions uh, and obeys your commands. It lives for one hour until it is reduced to zero hit points or until you die. So, I mean, best case scenario, one hour. If something hits it and it goes down to zero hit points, because let me look at the stat block. Uh, hit points is 10 plus five times your bard level. So not a whole bunch of hit points. But still, I mean, you know, a non-magical sword is suddenly dancing in front of you. Like, that's cool. <laughs> I do like a cactus. Oh, that's good. I mean, yeah, you, <laughs> you can be creative with this. You Do it with a ficus tree in the corner. Just have it start whipping the crap out of somebody. I mean, be creative. You know, it doesn't have to be the chairs or the brooms. You know, this isn't fan. I'm not going to finish that sentence. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it could be anything you want. I mean, it's use your imagination. Have fun with it. I, I, I want to use the joke. Like if I if I was to make a bard like this, I would absolutely go. What? It's not like it grew legs and walked away. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'd be like, what you looking at? I didn't do that. You see that tree? <laughs> it must have been an int. Yeah. <laughs> And at the last, at the last one for for this for the bard of creation is the creative crescendo. When you use your performance of creation feature, you can create more than one item at once. The number of items equal your charisma modifier, minimum of two items. If you create an item that would exceed that number, you choose which of the previously created items disappear. Only one of these items can be of the maximum size you can create. The rest must be small or tiny. 
you are no longer limited by GP value in creating items with performance creation. Oh, yes. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> this is, yes. So much fun. I mean, just as a support class, like, oh, hey, you need cover? Here's a gigantic thing that has no limit to GP value. And because of power performance of creation, I can do huge, uh, uh, the huge category for the, the size. So, yeah, here's a wall. Just hide behind that and start attacking enemies. That's fine. Here's a really big gold baby Cherask. Yes. <laughs> uh, do we need money? Is that a thing? Here's here's something made of gold. Yeah. Big, <laughs> big made of gold. Yeah. I mean, you could just, it's in this, obviously, it could be used purely for distraction sense. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that, the trouble you could get into with other parties that you've made along the way, or, you know, maybe the big bad guy has, has a very big gold uh, obsession and mm-hmm. he's not high enough to realize that it's magical gold. It's not going to last forever. Yeah. I mean, you could do piles and piles of, of just gold or golden things or silver platinum. And if you want to take it kind of dark, I mean, if you want to be slightly on the, the bad side of things uh, towards chaotic neutral or, or beyond, I mean, you could sell to some poor shopkeeper like, hey, I've got this gold statue. How much you give for it and take it and run, skip town. And it's only going to be in a shop for an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that could definitely be a, just a straight little side thing that that your bard does. Maybe he just needs money and likes money. Yeah. Or maybe he just likes to cause problems. Bards don't have to be good. They don't have to be purely support. They can be all about supporter for themselves too. So yeah, and wouldn't it be hilarious to do? Like you, you create this thing, you sell it to the shopkeeper, and then you go to the next shopkeeper and you create another thing so that the shopkeeper that you just sold to the thing just disappears. <laughs> you can just keep selling the same thing to other oh, shopkeepers. <laughs> definitely, and that is the College of Creation. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts for that one. Um, I liked it. I think it it's lends to my type of uh, RP into the point where it's uh, very uh, mischievous, mm-hmm. uh, and that could be just the way me looking at it through my own warped eyes. But I like to cause problems, so yeah. I've I've said from the beginning of this podcast, drama equals great RP, and this guy could create some major drama. Honestly, I could see this class if if Tobin wasn't a rogue. I could see you have making him College of Creation Bard. Oh, de- most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. You're here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my final thoughts, honestly, I I think that, you know, if you're going to choose this class, you have to at least have an idea of what you want to create and what you want to animate. Because, like we said, there's all kinds of role play creativity. I mean, it, it's it, it abounds with it. But as far as utility, you may be focusing more of your utility on the other spells that you get, you know, from just being a, a, a bard and not really focusing on the college in and of itself and using the college just for the role play and a few choice things. You know, I mean, the, the dancing item does have an attack, you know, it, it's uh, it force empowered slam. It's a melee attack that uh, your spell attack modifier uh, to hit reaches five feet. 
one target you see, and it does 1d10 uh, plus uh, proficiency bonus force damage. So, I mean, that's not bad because automatically, like, even so at sixth level, what's that proficiency bonus? Three? Two? It's two. Yeah, it's two. So, I mean, it's automatically going to be three force damage, even if you roll a one on the d10. So, I'm, you know, there are uses for it. I think this is, that's a fun one. Um, but moving to the College of Eloquence, I'll read the little flavor text. Note to self, revisit work on a speech negating spell. Necessity level, ear bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, something like that, you're like, hmm. This could be a problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you don't bleed from the inside very often. No. <laughs> um, so again, we get to third level when we actually get to sixth level too. So that's kind of a double whammy. That's cool. Now, just a a, a a note. This is the class that Bone Daddy was talking about last episode where he's talking about the politician. This is a, a bardic politician character. It doesn't have to be. But that's the way he reads into it, that it's, it's a politician. Well, it's actually a, a, a small, I'll read the, the small detail um, paragraph. It's shorter than the, the first one. So adherents of the College of Eloquence master the art of oratory. These bards wield a blend of logic and theatrical wordplay, winning over skeptics and detractors with logical arguments and plucking at heartstrings to appeal to the emotions of audiences. This is straight up, like like Thorne said, it's a politician. I see this as like uh, in the movie 300 where- A Roman senator. Oh yeah, Roman senator, somebody who's going uh, going into a large audience to talk to people. I mean, this is, are you not entertained? Like this is, <laughs> this is the, the, the talk of talks. <laughs> now I, I will, I will say this and I'll qualify this for the uh, story we was out there. If you have a character that wants to play a bardic uh, college of uh, eloquence, make them give speeches. Yeah. Make them do this. Make them dig into their creation and into their, into their minds and be imaginative and come up with the arguments to sway people. Yeah. Because that is a lot more difficult than it sounds and it makes for great RP. Oh yeah. And I will give just one caveat, you know, make them have that creativity, have them think of, of a, a portion of the speech. But if it is somebody who, you know, maybe not, doesn't talk often or doesn't have, um, you know, a, a politician's mind to, to make a speech, have them say a little bit, but then give them some leeway because it's just like any character, like wizards, you know, players who play wizards with super high intelligence. If my wizard has a, a, a maxed out intelligence score, my wizard's smarter than me all the live long day. So I'm, <laughs> I don't, I don't make high intelligence rolls on that. <laughs> so it's a, it's the same thing with charisma. If, if, if you're not, you know, a hundred percent charismatic, you're obviously a little charismatic because you've at least got a table of friends sitting around you. But if you, if you're not, if you're worried about your speech uh, as a player, or even as a, a story weaver, you can say a little bit, get the gist of the speech and then you can just detail uh, the imagery that the, how the, the character says these things theatrically and whatnot. And that way, you know, it's not, you're not coming up with a, a three hour speech. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, you can't, you can't make him come up with that kind of speech. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, 
make them make them think about it. And and yeah. you might yeah. want to talk to them if they want to play a character like this. You might want to say, "Hey, listen, you're going to have to come up with some stuff. This yeah. isn't yeah, this isn't just and to be honest, I don't think a lot of players, especially if they're very uh shy and don't like to talk in front of crowds, are going to pick this bard. No. Because it's built on being an orator. So unless they're trying to challenge themselves, which they might agree to the speech thing. Yeah, I don't see for <laughs> super shy player playing this character. Yeah, I do advocate for people to challenge themselves. Pick a pick a class that's the exact opposite of you and then do it. Man, it, that helps out a lot later. Um, but uh, so we, we've been talking a lot about speeches. So aptly named the first three uh, third level spell or third spell third level feature is silver tongue you are a master at saying the right thing at the right time when you make a charisma persuasion or charisma deception check you can treat a d20 roll of nine or lower as a 10 at third level that's stupid ridiculous like that's that is so good to be able to just have like you're at least middle of the road good talker so that you might if if you're talking to a guard you might uh be able to persuade them just because you it it was a decent argument and the guard might just let you go you know as opposed to like "Ah, i rolled in that one well it's it's actually a 10 (laughs) yeah and, and the other third level uh feature is unsettling words you can spin words laced with magic that unsettle creatures and cause it to doubt itself as a bonus action, you can expend one of your bardic inspiration and choose one creature you can see within 60 feet of you. Roll the bardic inspiration die. The creature must subtract the number, sub- subtract the number from the number rolled from the next saving throw it makes before the start of your next turn. So if, if it has to make a saving throw and it, you're basically saying that, yeah, no, you're going to fail this. I mean, that's, this is- that's. This Pretty is good. vicious mockery on steroids, honestly, like without the psychic yeah. damage. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really is. And it's all based on words. This is, this is straight up uh, Monty Python. <laughs> Your father was a hamster. Roll that inspiration die so that you'd fail the saving throw. Congratulations <laughs> in your general direction. <laughs> um, I said that quote wrong anyway. It's your mother was a hamster, but whatever. You knew what I was saying. <laughs> I did. I did know that one. Uh, at sixth level, uh, we get uh, another two, which I, I kind of like these twofers. It's it's fun to to get a little bit extra. I don't know about you, Thorn. Oh yeah, no, definitely the twofers are nice. You don't get them very often with many many uh, subclasses. You just don't get them. Yeah. Um, so unfailing inspiration uh, is the first one here. Your inspiring words are so persuasive that others feel driven to succeed. When a creature adds one of your inspiration dies to its ability check, attack roll, or saving throw, and the roll fails, the creature can keep the inspiration die. That's cool as hell. Yeah, no, that's really, really nice. Because, I mean, some nights, you just don't have the rolls. Yeah. And if he's wasting bardic inspiration, or if you're you're spending bardic inspirations on somebody that's having really bad rolls, oh man, yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely worth keeping that one. And the other sixth level is universal speech. You gain the ability to make your speech intelligible to any creature. As an action, choose one or more creatures within sixty feet of you, up to a number equal to your charisma modifier. To the chosen creature can magically understand you regardless of language you speak for one hour. 
Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest, unless you expend a spell slot. Yes! Of any level. That the expending spell slots to get these abilities back is great. I, I love agree. it. Yeah. And that right there, universal speech, um, just in the last uh, uh, campaign we did with Elodie, and there was times when we had to speak, we needed to speak different languages, and luckily we had somebody that, like, she got on a kick where she wanted to learn every language in the world. It's it's helpful as hell. Yeah. And in just so many situations. Yeah, especially since I'm not 100% sure, but the Comprehend Languages spell, I don't think is actually a bard spell. I don't remember, you know, uh, I might be wrong on that. I don't think it is. I think that's just a wizard. So, this, so I mean, this, this is that, you know, for an hour, which is awesome. Um, Very. And then at 14th level, last but not least, is Infectious Inspiration. When you successfully inspire someone, the power of your eloquence can now spread to someone else. When a creature within 60 feet of you adds one of your inspiration dies to his ability check, attack, roll, or saving throw, and the roll succeeds, you can use your reaction to encourage a different creature other than yourself that you can hear with, uh, or that can hear you within 60 feet of you, giving it a bardic inspiration die without expending any more of your inspiration uses. Uh, you can use this reaction a number of times equal to your uh, charisma modifier, and you regain all expended uh, after a long rest. That's also cool as hell. Like, you know, if you have a guy that's, or, or gal that's rolling high and you're giving them bardic inspirations, you know, if you're especially at 14th level, you're against that adult dragon or the BBEG and it's goonies and you just need a little extra oomph. This person succeeds on the roll using your inspiration die. Oh, uh, hey buddy uh, over there. You, you now get one for free, just for free. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it basically gives you three or four more bardic inspirations in a yeah. combat. Uh, yeah, I mean, potentially doubling your, your diet is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, and it's basically just like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Because <laughs> at 14 level, I think it's even a, a D8 for inspiration. So, I mean, we're we're talking about Mack trucks. <laughs> exactly, and it's it's really just, it, it very well, this whole, this whole thing, the whole subclass lends to, lends to the support mm -hmm. character you are definitely a support character in combat uh and then in the rp section of it you're more towards the front and you know i gotta say uh, for people who don't uh don't like being the support character it can actually be really fun i've been a support character to, in two or three campaigns um and one was on twitch for a little while uh but you know you're you're kind of that guy. You don't necessarily have to be in the spotlight all the time during RP. You, I mean, and it's actually better that you're not so that your friends can also be in the spotlight every once in a while uh, in sessions. But if you need a smooth talker, if you need uh, somebody that can cause a distraction, I mean, because my character, uh, Demi, I mean, he pretended to be the town drunk, like he was constantly drinking wine and giving wine to children and, you know, just causing a ruckus. But then in combat, we don't condemn <laughs> it. Uh, but it, in combat, I mean, it was all buffs and, and uh, hex spells and things and, and debuff spells. So I didn't really do all that much damage. I would do all my, my support spells first, and then I would go to my bow. But by that point, you know, 
it was like I only did three or four damage and I killed the thing because it had already been hit 30 times. <laughs> okay, so Illidan, what is what is your thoughts on the College of Eloquence? I actually like it not as a politician, but as a storyteller. I think this would be a great uh, entertainer's background uh, bard, you know, uh, with the storyteller background. I think this would be super cool because it already uses the oratory skills and then the entertainer slash storyteller's background gives a little bit more oomph and I think another language. So it, it just, RP wise, it's a lot of fun. And as you know, and, and I guess most of the audience by now, I am definitely an RP heavy uh, story weaver and player. I, I could care less, honestly, about combat. I know it's a necessity, you know, in this, in the game that we play, combat is just a, a, a necessary thing that happens. But I would, I love when our sessions are like, oh, the combat was 30 seconds long, but the RP was four hours. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's to me. After so many years of playing, um, combat kind of goes one way or the other mm -hmm. for me. But I, I agree with the storyteller. I can see politician. I can see college professor. Oh yeah. I mean, you, there's just so many different things you could do with this. I would. I think it's actually a lot more um, expansive in use than like the player's handbook, like the the College of Valor. Mm -hmm. I think that it it's just it's just niche enough to uh, get just a certain number of people to actually want to play it. Right. But I think that it could really be just about anything. Yeah. I mean, I can see, I can see just, uh, an old man in a, a, a tavern, just telling stories doing this. I can see a, a young drow at a university, uh, inspiring his, his students just to be better or even to go on adventures. So, I mean, there's a lot to do with it. And I can see the, the, the old codger at a, at a tavern, you know, especially with that sixth level uh, feature where you, you use your words to unsettle somebody. I could just see somebody, you know, if there's a bar fight going on and, and that old codger gets really quiet and it's like, listen to whippersnappers, you know, and, and, and talks to them and makes them unsettled. Uh, I, I, it could be a lot of fun. It's, there's all kinds of role play, um, and there's there's some utility there too. I mean, you know, it like you said, it's a straight support class subclass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's it for the bards that we're going to do at this time. I'm I'm sorry if you like bards and you want us to do the Xanathars, <laughs> but it's just it's too much for one episode. Yeah, we'll we'll probably come back to it. Um, I think that oh, I'm uh, sure. What we're going to do is next episode, we're going to stray away from the, the uh, classes for a little bit uh, and do a couple of other things uh, that we have in the books. And then we'll come back to some more classes. And then, like we said, with the Rangers that had even more uh, uh, classes that we didn't get through, we can come back and we can do a few more episodes of these classes after we get through the others, because we still want to get through all those as well. Um if you liked this content, please let us know. Give us a like and a follow. Uh, and if you do use any of these classes, you know, just like if you're in our Patreon, we have our NPC of the week. If you guys use the information that we give, shoot us an email at thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast at gmail.com. And we will read your story on the podcast and we'll get a kick out of it. We love hearing 
that we were able to help you guys in some way, shape, or form. Or if you just have a really cool story and you want to tell us, just shoot us an email. We've always, I don't think we've ever said no to a D&D story. You know, even if we were just like a total stranger and he was like, hey, can I tell you about my D&D session? Absolutely. Let me sit down and grab a beer. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, we love hearing about the stories. We will read it on, on the air. I promise you. And if it's good enough, we might even try to contact you to get you to come on the episode with us. Hell yeah. And so with that, as always, remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied.